Anna's gonna fill in where, where I'm missing words. Bima. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is this is church in COVID. I know. <laughs> let, let me read this for you. Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authorities, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the members of God's family who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Now that there is another gospel, but but there are some who are confusing you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. Am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Mm. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. As we start off, I want to give you just a moment to acknowledge whatever it is that God enlightened to you. There might have been a word or a phrase that jumped out to you that grabbed your heart. And I want to invite you to write that into your phone, write that down, memorize it, something. There's probably some word or phrase that the Holy Spirit kind of woke to you. And frankly, we're not going to talk about them all because there's about 15 things in there that we could um, we could worthily spend an entire morning on. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever God is highlighting to you, I want to have you give attention to. And as you do that, I want to um, let you know of of a few things that I feel like God really led me to. So at the beginning, we see a typical greeting from Paul. If you go through the different letters, a lot of the greetings are are similar. Uh, A lot of the letters begin the same kind of format. He says who he is. And yet at this time, he's much more, uh, he's much more defending his apostleship than we see in some other letters. And then we get to verse six, where he kind of does a a turn. And in verse six, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ. Yes, yes. That's pretty bold language. Mm-hmm. This is usually where he's still a little flowery. He's still saying some uh, kind notes about the church and what he's seen as growth within the church. And yet here he just says, I am astonished. Yes, yes. And what he's astonished by is, is really interesting. You see, the Galatians had accepted the good news of Jesus mm-hmm. when Paul was there. And then really quickly they turned around. Hmm. And really quickly, they began to go the other way. They began to believe a different good news. Now, we know that like little kids do this, right? There's a few little kids around and there's definitely some parents around. You all know what it's like when you say like, hey, don't touch this. And then you leave the room 
And that's the only thing that that child wants to touch, right? Mm -hmm. Often my coffee will sit there, and I'll jokingly now, because I know that my children don't listen, especially this one. (laughs) But I'll say like, hey, Anna, don't drink my coffee. And as soon as I turn my head, my coffee cup is in her hands, and her lips are all over that cup. As soon as I leave, as soon as I turn my head. And with kids, it's super annoying. With adults, it's dangerous. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's annoying when a kid does that. And we, you guys can laugh about Anna because she's not yours. It's not your coffee, so it's kind of funny. When it's your coffee, it's not funny. Especially when it's like the last of your coffee. Or when it's something a little more dangerous, right? Right, right. But with adults, it's just completely dangerous Mm -hmm. and so paul goes out of his way to to these people goes out of his way to the galatian people and then they turn they turn away Mm -hmm. so uh, we're going to spend several weeks in this so we need to ask who are these people in galatia what is the church of galatia well well the church is actually kind of like this Mm -hmm. They didn't meet virtually, but it was much more like a group of people who would meet in a living space. It was maybe 8 to, to 30 people right here in South Louisville. And then there'd be another group in, in East Louisville and another group in downtown and all of these things. And the, these households would be loosely tied together. And, and the church would be these collections that a letter then would move from house to house. They couldn't meet virtually like this, so they would just pass this letter along, right? And somebody's job would be to know the intent of the author of the letter and be a professional letter reader slash carrier. It's a pretty good job. <laughs> and they would go house to house reading this with emphasis on things Paul wanted emphasized and all that. Now, there were these house churches in, if you're good with geography, they're in modern Turkey is where this is. If you don't know where modern Turkey is, I can't help you. <laughs> but that's, that's the location of this. And they're in the Roman Empire, but they're not naturally Roman people. This, this place was conquered by Rome, and the peace of Rome was brought. We're going to look at this in a couple weeks. But they are ethnically Celts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Celtics, like the, the basketball team is named after an ethnic group. But if you know the logo of the Celtics, it's this cute little leprechaun guy. They're not known as cute little leprechauns. Right. The Celts were actually a, a rather murderous, barbarian type of people who went through conquering. They were much more behaving like the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went in and killed and conquered. And so this term, the Celts, by the time that Paul is writing, it it brought up fear and, and aggression in people. That's that's what these people were known for. And so this church was a bunch of living rooms filled with people who were, who were Roman by maybe citizenship or occupation, but they were Celts. They were known as these aggressive, their ancestors were aggressive and violent. And in the church were, were Jewish, ethnic, ethnically Jewish people. And there was this group that was called the Judaizers, mm-hmm. which is this big fancy mm-hmm. word. Paul later calls them rivals, and throughout this series, we're just going to call them rivals because mm-hmm. that word makes a little more sense to us. Mm-hmm. But, but technically, they were Judaizers, and they are the ones who came 
with a different gospel. So Paul came in, preached the gospel of Jesus, and as he left, the rivals came in and preached another gospel. Now in here, you you heard me read in in verse 7 that these rivals perverted the gospel of Christ. Right, right, right. right. They perverted it. And that word actually means like a sleight of hand, Mm -hmm. like... Mm-hmm. like a magic trick. Mm-hmm. So what, what Paul had brought forward and let stand alone, these Judaizers, these rivals came in and brought that back and pushed something else forward mm-hmm. as like a magic trick. They changed the entire thing so much so that Paul called it not a, a, a slightly different gospel, but an entirely different gospel. Right, right. Now, when we think of different gospel, which gospel is just good news, right? When we think of something that is good news, we probably think it has nothing to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a different religion or it's a, it's a cult or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this, this different news that the rivals brought, it was actually a different gospel that simply diluted Jesus. Right. And by diluting Jesus, by removing the power and authority of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that was so big that Paul says that's a completely different gospel. If you strip Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. of of his authority, Mm -hmm. if you remove here in verse 3, if you remove the idea that the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for your sin to set you free, if you dilute that, you're preaching a completely different gospel. And so what is this gospel that the rivals were teaching? We're going to see it throughout Galatians, but ultimately it was this idea that Jesus Jesus is great, Mm -hmm. but Torah observance is better. Mm -hmm. Jesus is really good, but if you want to be secure in your faith, Mm -hmm. you need to not only put your faith in Jesus, but you need to observe, 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 forgive me, the Torah. You need to... Watch what you're eating, and you need to make sure that you're circumcised. Mm -hmm. And if you are not circumcised, and if you're not eating kosher, then you cannot really be one of the children of God. Now, here's an important note for us. There's nothing wrong with the things that the rivals taught. There was nothing wrong with being circumcised. There was nothing wrong with if you felt a conviction to eat kosher, eat according to the Old Testament food laws. There's nothing bad about that. The bad thing is when these rivals came in and put their own convictions mm-hmm. on others. Right. Does that make some sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's okay if, if they felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to eat kosher, but what's not okay is if I come to George and say, the Holy Spirit convicted me to eat kosher, you better eat kosher. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's where there's a different gospel. Mm-hmm. As soon as they took what the Holy Spirit convicted them of and put it on everybody else, because then it's no longer the Holy Spirit guiding, but it's this strict Torah observance. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Connie and Nikki about this this week and, and what this really looks like, and they brought up this phrase that y'all have heard that's really important. They brought up this phrase that just happens in churches or happens in coffee shops where you say, you can't really be a Christian if. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't really be a Christian if you do this. Right. Or if you don't do that. You can't call yourself a Christian. Mm-hmm. 
You can't say you love Jesus if you vote this way or that way. Right. If you talk to this person or that person. If, if you indulge in this or that. If you struggle with this or that. Mm-hmm. You can't really be a Christian. Right. Anytime that phrase comes up, unless it ends with, because you, unless you put your faith in Christ, mm-hmm. if it ends with anything else, it's a different gospel. Mm-hmm. And we need to pay attention to that within the church because, frankly, we feel more comfortable if we can have some of those conditions. Right, right. If everybody on this Zoom call agrees with me that you can't really be a Christian unless, and we've got the same list of six things, I feel much more comfortable eating with you. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we just say, Oh, it's, it's faith in Christ and faith alone. Well, all of a sudden, we've got some stuff to sort out. Mm-hmm. And I might feel conviction where you don't. And that doesn't mean you're wrong. And that doesn't mean I'm wrong. That just means that's how the Holy Spirit works. Right. But coming to these rivals, these rivals taught, no, I can't sit at the table with you unless you have a faith in Christ and you show that through circumcision and kosher food eating. Mm-hmm. And they were so strict about it, that they, they actually attacked the authority of Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. They actually said, like, well, Paul, Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. And they said, Paul actually teaches this other places. He forgot to say it to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they actually said, like, well, no, the Jerusalem sent us. Mm-hmm. We don't know who sent Paul. And that's why Paul begins... With the fact that he was sent neither by human commission mm-hmm. nor by human authorities. He wasn't sent by the church in Jerusalem, but through Jesus Christ, the God and Father who raised him from the dead. That's why at the end he says, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Mm-hmm. He's not seeking that the rivals approve of him. Mm-hmm. He's seeking that he lives out the conviction that God has given him. That he lives by Christ alone and that Christ is sufficient. You see that the impact of this is the rivals, the rivals looked at these Celts, these people who had a dangerous past, mm-hmm. who others saw as aggressive and, and they feared them. Mm-hmm. And the rivals said, hey, if you would clean up a little bit, we could sit <laughs> at the same table. <laughs> and Paul said, that is not in the gospel of Christ. <laughs> I sit at the table with those who have faith in Christ right. mm-hmm. and faith alone. And so the question for you, for me, for our groups, for our church, as we imagine regathering in some new space, the big question is, is Jesus sufficient and enough? Amen. amen. Is faith in Jesus enough? Well, amen. Is he enough for you? Mm-hmm. Or do you put conditions on that as well? That you need faith plus this and that and this. And here's the other thing. I want to invite you. Look at the screen right now. Look at the other people. Is their faith in Jesus enough? (laughs) Or do you need them to do different things? Mm -hmm. I need you to have faith, but I also, oof, I need you to clean up a little bit. Mm. I I, I know your your top half looks buttoned up and everything, but I know you're wearing pajamas on the bottom. (laughs) We need to clean that up, folks. Are there things like that? (laughs) As we follow through this book of Galatians, we're going to be faced with this question that I'm I'm praying that we really look at ourselves and say, is sharing Jesus enough to give us all a place at the table? Mm -hmm. When we regather, is it enough for all of us 
to have space. And if there's differences, we've got to work that out because, right, right. because Jesus is enough. Right. Or are we like Paul's rivals? And are we going to demand a different gospel? Mm-hmm. Where we say, I'm not comfortable with you at the table unless you also believe this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Unless you also do this, this, and this. For our church, I think this is timely. Mm-hmm. In our culture, I think this is timely that we, that we look at this and, and ask ourselves and ask us collectively, do we have enough faith in Jesus to allow Jesus to be enough? All right, yes. So we're going to go to groups in just a moment, but I want to, I want to pray. And before I, I pray some words, I want to again give you just 10 seconds of silence with the Holy Spirit to let God speak to your heart. If you have any questions on what we talked about, feel free to reach out to me or talk in the group. And, and we're going to continue on with the rest of Galatians 1 uh, next week if you want to read ahead, okay? So let's sit still for 10 seconds. I'm going to pray and, and Kat's going to kind of send us out from there. Grandma. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, as, as Paul said, that you gave yourself for our sin to set us free. And uh, I ask that you would give your church courage right now to believe that that is enough, that that is more than enough, that that is the power and authority that transforms this world that makes all things new. Give us the courage to look within us and see if there's conditions we've added to that. That we repent of that. Give us courage to look within and see if, if we have believed other people's words, rivals' words, who've said that we needed faith plus some other things and, and give us freedom because of that. And God, as we imagine the day that we can gather around the table once again, your table of the Eucharist, of communion. Yes. Pray that you would make us one. Yes. Not a cheap substitute of it, but one as Jesus prayed. Mm-hmm. We trust you today. In your name, amen. Amen. Ah! Oh.